0: The unofficial 40 from SoonerScoop.com. Now, here's the entire SoonerScoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are
1: back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on SoonerScoop.com. Late start this week. We apologize, but, uh, well, not late start, late finish, I guess we should say, is the Big 12 media days have been going on. The guys have been down in Arlington. Uh, had lots of stuff going on here at the office, uh, which uh, I will tell you about here in just a little bit. But uh, Josh is taking a little mini-vacay. He may join us here in just a little bit to talk about uh, uh, the latest commitment, Jaden uh, Johnson. Uh, from Jackson. Jackson from IMGC. That's, yeah. I sent out the tweet. So. j uh, j It's J&J. Jane J&J. And Mitchell. We haven't talked about Mitchell. And Mitchell. Um, but anyway, maybe Josh will come along in just a little bit. If not, uh, no big deal uh well i mean it's a big deal. well there will be there will <laughs> be mean, the people podcast think will that's still be good deal. i mean you know regardless of whether josh is here <laughs> or not. it's a big deal uh so anyway uh things are hopping in the office we got the new carpet uh last weekend uh i have destroyed george Stoy's confidence in his galaga game um that's a did he brag about that on the pod i can't remember
2: i can't remember I'm coming for you, Carrie. I'm, I just want you to know you yesterday. yesterday be spending late practice. nights up here <laughs> See, working on my game.
1: <laughs> He's not working. He's just playing Gallagher. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take all that video footage and put it online of you just playing Gallagher because there's a camera right there, a uh, security camera. You'd be a Twitch star before you know it. So we got the uh, we got the Galaga Miss Pac Man. I've almost got the Star Wars finished. I'm literally, I think I'm 20 minutes from having the Star Wars put together. Those
2: things are a bitch to put together. They
1: are. George and I. George, I mean I did, George, is I my best friend. Thing. He's helping me put things together. I,
2: but I just stood there and watched and handed you tools or held things. I felt up. like you did it all.
1: I felt like I had a son for the first time in my life, <laughs> a, a no good doesn't know how to do anything son standing there watching his dad put together something.
2: Yeah. Um that played out a lot in real life too didn't it at your house it did sorry dad i didn't help i i will <laughs> say i was great at mowing the lawn yeah hey, there you eat, go and i do and enjoy it you have all your fingers that. still uh, yeah but uh, putting things together is not really my my thing
1: but i mean i, I fought, it was like we had one day the carpet was finally done uh and i was we were sitting here in the office and it was so hot it's been so miserable outside and i was like George, I thought George needed to pick me up. Kind of like Eddie the other day. Eddie had like a migraine and George and I both My knew something hurt. was wrong. And, and we were like, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. But then you wouldn't talk to anybody. Uh, so something was definitely wrong with you. I hope you feel better now. I do feel better. Um, so I was like, George needs to pick me up. Um, George, you want to put the Gallagher? And it was like you let a puppy into I the house. I jumped mean,
2: out of my seat. <laughs> he was like, yes,
1: let's put it together. Yeah. Uh, and he was so excited to play and he, he and then bragged I was about how good <laughs> he was <laughs> for so long and he guaranteed he was the best Gallagher player in the office. He's not good at all. Even for a 13-year-old, he's bad at Gallagher.
3: I, I 13-year-olds still- are probably better just because we didn't i hesitate now when i play old school video games
2: i guarantee you though if you round mm-hmm. up all the 27 year olds in the world <laughs> See, i am this is, this is i am hysteria. somewhere in the top 100. <laughs> the soonerscoop.com
1: com presents the galaga 27 year old bracket tournament <laughs> that's going to be the new thing people are going to say can i come to the office and, and challenge george and galaga yeah for a nominal price right? Right. absolutely you can come in do whatever we got carpet to pay for exactly uh, so, no, it's been a lot of fun. You guys went down to Arlington. I really don't even need to be here today because you guys can carry this bitch all yourselves. Uh, but the last couple of days in, in Arlington, uh, can I just say that Mike Gundy with the silver beard and the dyed hair, he looks like the villain in every small town that, like, uh, goes in like in Stillwater I bet he goes to the wooden nickel and makes them pay like a protection fee every every month. They pay him. threatens to burn it down if they don't. I think that'd be pretty badass if that was the case.
4: He's living his best life right now. He's so angry. I mean he's just
1: he's, I don't know I what his deal is. I
4: think he's comfortable with kind of being the uh, well, yeah, he be crotchety a, he, old guy. He can be the bully now because he's not going to have to play Oklahoma anymore. I think Except for this I year. think there's part of that that is definitely in
1: there. What is he, three and thirteen? Three and
4: Three and fifteen. 15. I three think 15.
2: he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he's not he's a little bit more upfront about it nowadays. But and, I
1: mean, it's not like he fixed everything. He still, right, that's he's what I'm still say. lost all those players. He,
2: uh, How's that gonna help recruiting if that's but, your attitude? But is he gonna get fired? No. They're not gonna fire him. Carson, I don't think. Carson
4: Cunningham or somebody would be a little bit more uh, able to talk about this, but it feels like when he knows that they're going to go into a season where there's a lot of question marks. He he starts acting
1: like he this shows, a bit. He's He showed confidence. Yeah, I, I, I don't know though. I mean, they, they lost so many guys. Yeah, and it's going
4: to be really interesting to see what happens in
1: Stillwater. Just if as much Alan as it, Bowman gets like, hurt again, I mean, I,
4: I think that was like one of the biggest talking points. And just talking to guys, other uh, media members down in Dallas over the last two days is, I don't. There's not a great team in this conference right now. No, it's sort of kind of wide open just as far as like texas should be good oklahoma should rebound and bounce back but
1: you know what happened yesterday it was everybody was trying to like because joey mcguire you know people were asking him about could you win the conference and things like that and he didn't back down really from those expectations but people like could texas tech actually win this conference and and some people are like sure yeah why not why not
4: do you think that there would be as much. I was thinking about this on the way home last night. Would there be as much buzz about tech if Joey McGuire wasn't so GD likable? Yeah, maybe. Like, not. is does, do they get a little bit of a? I don't want to say a pass by any means, but do they get a little bit of a a, a kickstart
2: because Joey McGuire is just so awesome? Also, are we talking about Texas Tech this way if OU doesn't screw around and just win that game at the end sure. of the season? I mean, sure. I think I think the way that the season ended for OU—they beat OU in Texas last year. I mean, yes, yeah. that's, that's a fact. I and mean, I think it's the and same Ole thing. miss in the bowl game. Yeah, I, I think it's the same thing that we talk about get Oklahoma their ass. too. And <laughs> I I do think the Tech could be pretty good. You get to talk Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say I think it's the same you know perception about Oklahoma and and look your record is w- what it says it is right but. I think that the way that the season ended, everybody has this perception of of what Oklahoma's going to be this year and, you know, a couple plays here, a couple plays there. And, and Brent talked about that and maybe those are excuses, but I think that you could say that about Oklahoma too. Is it's, that.
4: it's it's interesting how that narrative is. Like we've talked about it on the pod before just as far as, you know, you look at the way that Oklahoma lost the games, the five of the seven losses coming on the final possession or with under two minutes left. You're You're truly talking about a play here and a play there that separates, like, it's so cliche, right? That, you know, small things add up and you end up losing games because of it. But that was kind of Oklahoma season in a nutshell.
1: I thought that was Clark Foy, Foy on Rachel Ray there for a moment. Looks just like him. I didn't see it. He's, yeah, sorry. a little bit. <laughs>
4: a little bit. I see that.
1: Well, don't ask me why Rachel Ray is on The Office. It's be, uh, I know why, because I watch five and four for the for the news in the morning news is coming on at noon yeah
2: so. also got tennis for Bob
1: oh yeah and yeah although I don't think anybody's stopping who Joe was the he's just killing everybody. who was
2: the tennis player that I said last week I was like I don't even know who that is and you guys are like that's the greatest tennis player of all time <laughs> I think it was joke oh kids. Pete Sampras no oh, I no, knew joke he, did, he, yeah, he, he didn't yeah didn't who know Pete who Pete Sampras, Sampras was. was. George no. Stowe had no idea. He'd never heard of Pete Sampras. And I, you know what? You guys can, if you, you, everybody can come at me online, on the board. Bob, you can call me an idiot. I don't care. I don't watch tennis. <laughs> don't it's not for I me. don't think that
4: you have to watch tennis necessarily to, that's like a, um, that's like not knowing who Chichi Rodriguez is. Eh, maybe somebody even, maybe a little bit more accomplished, like. No, Chichi Rodriguez. Would it be like Arnie, Arnold Palmer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the greatest American player ever.
3: There's no question about that. Yeah, Even I just, though I loved Agassi, I he could never care. beat Pete. So, I mean, Pete is the best. Pete Tam- ever. Here's the thing that you Andre Agassi loved ice, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pete Sampras he was the most boring superstar <laughs> yes, in the history of until
1: sports. until Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Tim Duncan took the crown
2: side by side. You know, you know what I think it is. I had a babysitter when I was a kid. And she was an old woman and she would just watch tennis and we could not watch what we wanted to watch as kids. What a bitch. I know. And, and so, so I just, I just hated it. And I was just like, this is the worst. And it was so boring. I was like, why are we watching this? So How much tennis were they showing? me? Mrs. McAllister, which she was a very <laughs> sweet lady. My parents would be like, I can't believe you talked shit on Mrs. McAllister. She was very nice. She we is love, very, her. Yeah, we she, love her. We love her. We say that affectionately. She watched a terrible sport. Sorry, Bob damn.
1: I'm
4: out. Right? During Doesn't Wimbledon, <laughs> during the second semifinal in Wimbledon, you're dropping these bombs?
1: Uh, so the things you learn in the office, its fantastic. Um, so let me ask you guys, how did Texas come off on day one?
2: I thought Texas... So obviously I have not been to Big 12 Media Days in some time. So the last time I was there was Tom Herman was the guy. Mm-hmm. and Don't, Eddie. And he, when he was... He, he would speak... He was just so arrogant at times that it was just like I I couldn't take the guy seriously. So I think Sark says the right things, and I think that they, I I think they have the right attitude. At least you know I listened to Quinn Ewers for a long time during his breakout session. He's a quiet guy. He's not someone who's you know I think flashy in a lot of ways. Um, I think they came off well. I just don't know how good the defense is going to be, but I think Sark handles it as well as any other coach that got up there. I I will say, I think the big 12 just has a good group of coaches, but uh, I thought they, uh, I thought they came off. Well, look, they've got a lot of expectations there. And, you know, I, right now I think they are the the favorite to win uh, in my opinion. And that's who I would pick. I just don't know what the defense looks like, but they do have some weapons. and, And I think, I think Sark, I do think that they're heading in the right direction or Sark. I just don't know how much patience that fan base and some of the people and the donors and the donors, the people that have control there, because I think if they stick with him, they could end up, it could end up working out. I just don't know if they will.
1: This might be, um, I don't know, kind of crass or callous or whatever with Sark, but like, and this is not meant to be a shot, but you can really tell like he's a guy that's been through some shit. Yeah. And he's done a lot of therapy. I'm sure it's, It's a lot of therapy talk when you hear, like you can tell he's had to rebuild himself and he's kind of used certain things because he brings up, you know, he kind of brings up how to live life as much as he does about how to play football or how to to get yourself, you know, to a place of success almost. Yeah, and I think the biggest difference...
2: Maybe that's what they need. Yeah, well, and I was just going to say, I think he just like, he seems more genuine and like actually like a decent guy. Mm -hmm. Whereas Tom Herman just came off as like a dick. Like I just, yeah. I just, and the I didn't
1: kissing and all that. Yeah. yeah I just didn't like that. Don't where, do it, Eddie.
2: Where Sark was just, I, I don't know. I think Sark is just uh, more genuine in his approach and, and I think they do need that. I just don't know again, what the fan base, how the fan base reacts. And they, they got, I mean, we talk about the pressure on Oklahoma. If Texas doesn't win this, 10 games this year yeah. and go to, the, I mean, I, I, they might have to win the big 12 title. For them, especially
1: to, being voted the favorite, to, right. to go into the so
2: a, they they the pressure is just as much on them as anyone else in the conference. I talked
4: to a couple uh, Texas reporters while we were down there, and you know obviously we talked about Oklahoma and everything and how pivotal year number two is for uh, Brent. Ian, boy, uh, no, I did talk to Ian though. Uh,
2: Sat right in front of us.
4: Yeah, what a lovely guy. It uh, it was interesting though to see just kind of like their feeling on the quarterback position and what happens if Quinn Ewers doesn't take that next step. Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't think that it's necessarily a thing where they just hand the reins to... uh, Arch. To Arch. I think that the Malik kid,
1: they feel like he could be really, really good. Well, he was the best-looking guy in the spring, which doesn't mean a whole lot. That picture of
2: him with all the guys, that shirtless pic that the Texas quarterbacks posted, he looks... Malik massive. Murphy is a massive dude. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I mean, is he six six?
2: I don't know. He's but he, a big dude. I mean, he's Quinn
4: Ewers isn't
2: a small guy by any means. No, but he. Well, I will say though, he doesn't look like the part either. Like if he walked in, I would just think he's some cowboy off the street. He's listed at 6'5",
4: 238. I mean, he's a wow. very well put together guy, and just coming out of spring, it sounds like he would probably be uh, the backup if the season started today.
1: Well, and that's the other thing about Texas is, like, as you mentioned, Quinn Ewers, if he if he gets off to a slow start, like not only is your coach under pressure, but the players then become under pressure because the coach knows if I don't do something quick, these, these donors are going to get rid of my ass.
2: It feels like, too, for them, their season – I mean, obviously one game doesn't define your season, but going to Alabama and playing well like they did last year at home, if they can go in there and – play that game even within two scores, right? I think that they can build off that. Now if they go in there and they just get crushed, I think their season could also just totally go off the rails.
3: If they get crushed, do they that's when the Quinn chatter starts. Right. And that that's the the one concern I'd have about Texas.
1: And you know the fan base is not going to I mean it's it's one thing for the what the coaching staff is going to do as far as you know, quarterbacks if Quinn does if yours doesn't work out, but the fans are not going to accept anything but Arch Manning. I mean they will lose their shit if they go to a different quarterback besides Archman.
2: Their schedule is also, I think, considerably harder than OG in in the conference. I'm talking about Texas. Oh, Texas. This year.
1: Oh, I'm thinking SEC all of a sudden, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, Texas, yeah. (laughs) I've moved on. We got through Big 12 media (laughs) days. That's that's a good mentality to have. I'm trying to get
2: SEC ready, damn it. But they have to go at Baylor. Uh, I think that could be a tough game. At Houston, I don't think Houston's going to be very good, but... BYU at home, Kansas State at home, at TCU, at Iowa State, Texas Tech at home. I mean, those those are some some tough games. Um, And I, I, you know, whereas I think OU schedule is favorable, yeah. Yeah. So I again, if if they go if they go to Alabama and get crushed, and then they turn around two weeks later and play at Baylor, then two weeks later and then they go they play Kansas at home. Who I think Kansas is going to be a tough out and I, then they turn around and play Oklahoma. That's a tough stretch.
4: I was pretty impressed by Lance Leopold. And yeah. obviously I, we talked about that on Tuesday evening, George. I do think though, that what he said as far as they could be better and have a worse record is very applicable yep. in a way. Yeah. like mm-hmm. I I think that they could still be really, really good or better on quote unquote Kansas standards, but not as good with a record wise.
2: The team that no one's talking about is the, the, you know, defending, Big 12 champions is Kansas State. It seems like no one was talking about them all week. I mean, they they could be very
4: good. I yeah, mean, what it, did Pete Thamel put out there this week? That I think it was something along the lines of the returning 161 starts on the offensive line, which, you know, shouldn't be what a surprise.
1: 8th or ninth in the preseason? 8th,
4: I think, last year. No, this, this year. year they're this second. Year. Kansas State's second. They They're voted
2: second. Oh, no, I yeah. thought you said Kansas. Oh, no, Kansas yeah, was 7th yeah. or 8th. Something like that, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Kansas is, I mean – they apparently lost a lot on defense,
2: but well, I, they were I, bad on defense, anyways. Yeah, they were bad
1: year. on defense, so I don't know if that matters. But I, I, I don't know.
2: Here, here's my takeaway. If we want to get into OU and what they said, yeah, I am drinking. I'm officially drinking the the Brent Venables Kool Aid. I <laughs> oh no, I walked out of there. <laughs> not and to it's say not that we aren't. But. It's not to say, and it's not like as if anything he said. I, I do think he said the right things, and he. I mean, we've talked about this a million times. He does seem to always say the right things, but just their tone, I thought, was the right tone and also talking to other people um, you know, around the, the program yesterday and just being there. It felt like they uh, are heading in the right direction in terms of what they're doing.
1: You know what I think happened to you, George? Uh, you came out of there with a different perspective, a fresh perspective. <laughs> yes. Uh, like the one that Enjoy Vision gives you, uh, and this is the enjoy fresh perspective look around as we're going to start talking about OU's day at uh, Big 12 Media Days, and someone else with uh, even better vision is our own Eddie Radosovich. Have Thanks I ever to told you
4: about vision. these people? These these fine folks at Enjoy know. Vision? I don't
1: know. I don't know. It's, it's the, the best.
4: Refresh it, my memory, Kerry. It's the best laser vision center in the in Oklahoma City, and it's not even close. The combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing. What you need to do, if you're the U40 listener, they're doing a special promo. I don't know if I've ever told anybody about this. $400 off for the unofficial 40 listener if you're interested in getting LASIK. All you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N-J-O-Y, Me.com. Use promo code U40. And you get $400 off LASIK. Enjoy Vision. This is where you LASIK.
1: Uh, Eddie, also a spokesperson, commercial. I saw the commercial the other day online. Nice yeah. job. Yeah.
4: Our friends over at Quick Trip, oh the uh, Enjoy, Enjoy, yeah, Enjoy. <laughs> I thought you were talking about yeah.
1: No, you have too many, too many sponsorships. No,
4: I We It's a we I believe me, I'm ready. Uh, the yeah, I went up to uh, Enjoy, went back up to the uh, offices during I don't know it was a couple weeks ago, and we put that together with uh, Tanner and the boys over there. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh,
1: okay, so uh, you know Oklahoma had their day yesterday. Uh, I think one of the things like. If you were at home, you got to see the coaches' press conferences, which, you know, it's 15 minutes. It's not a whole lot. Uh, but later in the day... It is
4: funny on, like, the podium stuff. Uh-huh. I think people have just decided, like, we don't need this.
2: That's for yeah. everybody else. Wh- whoever these are. Because the only people else. left
1: were the podcasters. <laughs> Those were the only guys <laughs> I will say, questions.
2: I raised my hand... And they didn't give me the mic for that, but I did get a question into your mark. But you're talking about for the coaches, yeah. yeah I did coaches, raise my hand, and they just never gave me. The mic. You were yeah.
3: with Hall of Fame Media, yeah.
2: So, <laughs> which I you didn't don't have know dinner with Stephen is. Coleman last night, so yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I know clearly, what the hell? Clearly,
4: all right, go ahead. Oh, you stuff.
1: Uh, no, but I, I was talking about the the part that people don't really get to see, and you guys have written stories on it. Uh, and I don't know what you want to go to first, George, either. Oh uh, boy. Well, uh, it's Josh we have McQuistion. a special
4: guest, a special surprise visitor. I
1: almost hung up on joining him. Joining the program. <laughs> uh, Josh McQuestion is joining us, uh, and we have to announce you, Josh, because you interrupted the pod with your uh, Skype session.
0: You told me to call in, I wanted to listen, and of course I want to listen. I told you at
1: 11.37, it is now noon.
0: Uh, well, you know, I mean I, I thought the pod was starting at eleven, so let's not get too caught up on the timeliness of everything.
1: Oh, it's partly Eddie's fault. He was a little laggy. <laughs> I had to take a shower. <laughs> I had
4: to take a shower. You don't understand how like sticky, just he's sticky been lugging and nasty.
1: Grimy. In his defense, he's been lugging a lot of equipment around the last couple of days.
0: And that's that's totally okay. I'm I'm not against any of that. I'm just saying, you know. Just, we're all good. No oh, big deal. I, I do apologize for interrupting. I'm sure it was a wonderful point I got in the middle of.
4: Special shout out to Joni with the uh, the Big Twelve because I got there a little bit late on Tuesday mm-hmm. and they'd stopped passing out uh, credentials and they weren't gonna let me in. And so I was like, well, damn, what am I gonna do for the next eight hours? And uh, so I texted Joni and was like, hey, I had radio this morning. Can you let me in? She's like, yeah, I'll send somebody up. So it made me feel good.
2: Yeah, I think Joni we have that likes kind of yeah, we have that kind of pool
4: I around th- there. I think she's a uh, University of Oklahoma graduate.
1: I'm, I believe that's correct. She's always been
4: great. To yeah, us, she's awesome. Yeah. She has been. It, it was like sad in a way, and we'll get to the OU stuff, I know. but Just the like, last run. Yeah, like walking out of there, I was like, damn. It,
2: it's never all, coming back here it, for this. It's sad, but it was also like, I, I'm i curious to see what it looks like next year because the oh, ima- you OU and Texas have all the all media. media. All the media. I, there was yep. a moment yesterday, I counted- Right before the breakout session started, there was 25 tripods set up in front of OU's media breakout session. There was one set up for Iowa State, and I was just like, "This is yeah. sad," you know. And it was the same way for Texas the day before, and and Probably Oklahoma State. Probably
1: one of students. That's the sad part. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <they're> just grinding. <laughs> and Oklahoma State had a nice setup because obviously there was a lot of Oklahoma media there. Sure. But you know, I just and I would appre- I would assume them and maybe like. TCU will be the biggest media contingents going forward, because obviously TCU, it's right there. No,
1: TCU does not have a big media contingent, even doesn't. though it's in Fort Worth. I, I, yeah,
2: I mean, I don't know. I The just,
1: Fort Worth Star-Telegram has basically been all, like, the one dude was like, Killers, Frogs, pod, Podcast, where we kill <laughs> Big12Members.com. Like, yeah. it was the, I don't know if you saw that, Josh, but it was the weirdest name for someone to give out their affiliation. That
0: was one of those things. Really, like, there's purple. no way to abbreviate that. Like, just keep it. <laughs> like, can we minimize that a little bit?
1: I mean, it is ugh, the podcast people. They might, they might just need to issue credentials for people allowed to ask questions. Because, look, we're a podcast. We're not that bad. Did, I mean, like, there's a reason did, that we have a did, really good podcast. Did
2: you know that? Uh, and we'll find out next week at SEC Media Days. But I found out this week that that's open to the fans. Media days? SEC media days? Well,
1: they... They're they, they're, they, they, they can't in come the in and lobby. ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but
2: I'm assuming... Oh, it always
1: has been. Yes. But always I'm also been. assuming,
2: yeah. though, that there's people credentialed at that, too, that are, like, crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. There's, I, mean, I mean, you know. I mean, you've been in Arkansas. Yeah.
2: They're crazy. Over I there. mean,
1: I'll say this. When OU... Eddie, do you remember this? When OU played A&M in the Cotton Bowl, Johnny Manziel a and fans were showing up like outside of the media and yeah. they don't announce that stuff, but it's like, I think that, I think that they felt like been... because they're in the sec now that they have to do that.
4: It was a little bit different though, with the mania that was around Johnny. Yeah. Like that was yeah. insane. I've, I've seen some crazy like media scrums and stuff like that, but that was when uh, I time was in magazine. the time magazine. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, at that least was our Mike flag got
1: in time magazine. I was standing there. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, that was that was I do remember like I've seen a lot of shit and this is close to the top.
4: Yeah. That was that was pretty insane. But yeah. Let's let's talk OU.
1: So um anyway, what we were kind of getting to is the breakout sessions, which happens later in the day. You guys get a chance to I know Bob basically got a one on one with Jonah Lualu, um, because everybody rushed to Dylan Gabriel and Danny Stutzman and uh, A lot of people
3: were just burnt out at that point because of the
4: setup just being so terrible yeah, and he was telling me how bad it was <clears throat> so
1: awful it, it just was
4: just never been at a place where a the uh, setup was terrible and then at at&t stadium the internet was awful, awful. so bad you couldn't like i you literally couldn't put up a everybody was having to use hotspots, and no. so that's why i was like well i'm gonna just drive home and put everything up because it it was like it was almost impossible but the, the way it was set up, for those that don't know, with these
3: breakouts, Brent was on a mic, which was fantastic. But then there's a player next to him th- that even if you're, like, sitting 10 feet away, you can't even hear what he's saying. I don't have a clue. I haven't listened to a minute of what Dylan Gabriel and Drake Stoops and Danny Sussman said because they weren't on a mic. But then Brent left, Jonah came in, and so many people were just discouraged by the setup. They left. And I just talked to Jonah about his weight gain and, and how everything's going, and
4: really good talk. It was uh, interesting to me a couple things with Jonah Laulu. He definitely has become something of a leader. He's obviously a very good talker. I think he's great with the media. His interview session was actually probably one of the best ones of the day. Just as far I'm as him give myself talking credit then. and giving really good answers, yeah, he, talking he about kind of becoming a leader within the team. Uh, you know, adding 30 pounds, showing up at 260s, at 293 now. Uh, he looks good, too. Yeah, and he like mentioned he, he carries it well. He mentioned that this w- had been in the works. Like, I, I asked him, give us the exact
3: timeline. Like, when you were starting going to Cheez It Bowl prep, did you know you were already being moved inside? And he said by last August, last camp, they knew that he they wanted to move him because he, you know, couldn't get off blocks, he couldn't set the edge. It's like he needed to change his what, what his game was doing and so they knew that going into this year he'd move inside, he'd put on the weight, put it on properly, which of course is one of the biggest things, right? It's not about putting on the weight, it's about doing it in a smart way so that you're still as fast or as explosive as you used to be, but now you're covering up the weaknesses that you had in the strength department. And you can just hear that, you know, he's very happy with how this process has gone and he understands his role in mentoring guys like an Ashton Sanders or a Marcus strong in terms of learning this
4: position. That was, and it kind of coincides with Danny uh, Stutzman just as far as that. I think that was like one of the big, they talked about competitive depth a lot on the defensive side of the football. But I think one of the other things too was just a culture that Brent is trying to build. And I think that's kind of what you were alluding to George as far as guys that are able to get together during the summer and do their own shit when coaches aren't able to be around. And, you know, I, how much does that go into, uh, you know, 12 Saturdays every fall? I don't know. Uh, But I do think that it seems like there was a massive, massive structure or a cultural overhaul that had to be done. And Brent kind of, he, every time that he talks more and more, you get the feeling that like when he arrived it was almost like a holy shit this thing's gotten really bad it's almost more incredible like the further I know I've said this before but the further we get away from it it's almost incredible that they were able to win so many games over the last you know four or five years
2: yeah and the word that Brent used over and over again yesterday was efficiency and I think that you can point to several parts that you're going to see differently in the way that OU approaches things I mean I think that it's you know, from a standpoint of how they run practices and and guys understanding what exactly they're supposed to be doing and their jobs and practices to what they do on the field. Now, I don't think they're going to change what they're doing schematically necessarily, but in terms of, like, the competitive depth that he was talking about, I think you are going to see more guys rotate in. I mean, I thought it was an interesting quote he had during the breakout saying that they probably should have played more young yep. guys at times mm-hmm. last year. And I think that that's something you'll see this year. I think you'll see them throw... A Peyton Bowen out there who he said can help them immediately I mean a, a petaway who he spoke really highly of um you know pj Atabare, I think he he'll play like I, I think that they're going to be more active in doing that and, and and then also you know bringing in the guys that they did in the portal those guys are going to play I mean I mean he raved about Connor near yeah um it sounds like he's a guy that could could maybe start for them so yeah. um you know I think that it, all those things play into it and I, I, again I don't think it's going to be Something you notice where they're running out there and running a totally different offense or running a totally different defense. But in terms of day-to-day, what they're doing, it sounds like they have found some things that will make the process smoother.
1: Um, I mean, the thing that I'm, I'm most worried about is in terms of efficiency with this football team is how efficient is their, their meal prep at night? Because uh, prime shrimp, that's an efficient meal, ladies and gentlemen. You take it out of the freezer, you put it in a bag of boiling water, less than 10 minutes, you got it on a plate, and you're having a restaurant-quality meal. Uh, go check them out, primeshrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E, shrimp.com, and choose from all their great flavors. They've got the garlic herb butter shrimp, the New Orleans-style barbecue shrimp, uh, French quarter Alfredo shrimp. Yes, I'm saying shrimp every time because I want to be like I'm in Forrest Gump, Uh so Lemon and Cracked Pepper Shrimp, I mean, go check it out. Right now, use your promo code U40, and you can get 25% off your order of $50 or more in Prime Shrimp. So uh, go check it out. Great meals, healthy. Uh, it's George loves him some shrimp. I'm, I promise I'm going to get some sent to you. Um, I love point. shrimp. Uh, so anyway, go check them out. Great sponsors of the pod. Uh, always thankful for their support. Primeshrimp.com. Use that promo code U40 and get 25% off your order of $50 or more on your next order. Okay, um, you know, back to kind of the Stutzman stuff. I mean, I, I saw a lot of his interviews that were floating around out there. Crazy hair, yes. Um, do you buy that he is a different person, that he's going to be a change man? And maybe this is a question more for Eddie and Bob. after. And I always felt bad for him because I don't know what else he was supposed to do last year. Uh, But I know the fans got sick and tired of hearing like, you know, we're just, you know, we we're not more close. But, you know, they wanted to see emotion out of him like he was pissed off because they weren't playing well. And it was always calm, you know, almost it almost seemed like he was trolling a little bit at at times.
4: I think I'm somewhere in between of. Yeah, I think that the light has turned on a little bit for him. I think the game was coming easier for to him at the end of the season. Obviously, I mean, played
1: really well in the bowl game.
4: The one thing that you like, and he even said like the tech game was one of those games that things started to slow down for him a little bit. And I think that there is just a sense of maturity that comes with being in your third year at Oklahoma or in the third year at college. But at the same time, I just, I don't know. Like, I think he's always going to be a little bit of a character. That's just his personality. And he needs to keep that. Yeah. He just I, needs to incorporate right the other parts of it. Right. And that's why. And, but you, know, you
1: never saw that in the post game because he was getting asked, why do you guys still suck? Sure. Right? Why, and, is it getting, you know, why isn't it getting better? And I
4: think back to a lot of that stuff at the end of the year last year and, you know, throughout the season, too. And, uh, you know, I think Teddy Lehman said it a couple times on the Oklahoma breakdown as well that I think because he played so much as a freshman and because he had turned into a big bigger role as a sophomore, you just automatically thought that well, this thing's gonna come easy to him And in reality he was still learning a lot of the defense and he talked about that yesterday just as far as being able to get guys together during the summer and do their own study, do their own review, do their own uh you know self analysis kind of of what they're trying to do, where they're trying to be as a defense. And I do think that, you know, maybe it's just because I like Danny so much. I do think that he's going to turn into a really, really good player for Oklahoma. I mean, he has one of the I don't think there's things... anybody
1: in this room that doesn't. No. Is not rooting but, for him to be right. a star.
4: I, but I do think that, like, he has one of those things that, as a linebacker, you have to have. And, Josh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. He's somebody that has a nose for the football. He just has a good instinct. He's a good football player. And if he can make that next jump, it's going to be rather, you know, I, I think it'll come easier to him as he continues to progress and mature.
0: Yeah, Eddie, I mean, you go back to high school. This is something Danny is just around the football. He just kind of is one of those guys that even when you would watch him and realize, okay, this has got to be fixed, this has got to be better. You know, his hands aren't where they need to be. He's not as strong as he needs to be he would just find a way to be there. Um, and you know, like I said, I, I think what gets underrated with him a lot is he is a lot more physically talented than I think people believe. Like, I think they see him as just kind of this big kind of, I mean, you know, Danny, Danny eggs some of this on. like this big dopey guy that just kind of runs around and like, he's a good athlete, like a really good athlete. And I don't think he gets credit for it sometimes. Um, But again, I couldn't agree more that I think he has a real natural feel for it. I think that was probably why Brent pushed him so much early on because Brent knew like if we can get this guy moving in the right direction and doing things the way we believe in them, there's no reason for him not to be a really successful guy.
4: And there, there's no doubt, Bob, that he is somebody that is completely bought in with Brent Venables.
0: Yeah,
3: and Brent keeps challenging him. I mean, we've heard the story multiple times, right? That Danny didn't ask for a playbook. Like, he wasn't serious about the game. And then you get the question again yesterday about the maturation process and saying, you know, 17 months ago, he couldn't do this. He couldn't lead. He wasn't capable of being in that spot. So Brent continues to sit, you know, put it on his shoulders like – we need you to be this guy. So it's not like a question, like, if you're not ready to do it, this whole team is going to suffer and falter because of
4: it. You need to turn that corner, and I believe you have it in you to do just that. None of that's going to matter, though, with, for the linebacker core, uh, especially, if they don't get what they think they can get out of Isaiah Coe, Jordan Kelly, DJ Terry, who they talked up they a, talked bunch a lot about yesterday. Philip Paez obviously going to be out for a little bit with the knee injury. Uh just the list of guys that they would talk about, Jonah Lulu obviously moving inside. They need defensive linemen to be I, I they I've said this before. They don't need to be all Big Twelve guys, but they do need to be contributors that can run out there and give you something on the defensive line.
2: And I think they they obviously added some depth there mm-hmm. and probably more than any other position, but I mean, I tweeted out the the weight changes yesterday. They're also just bigger there. Yeah. I mean, I I tweeted it out. I mean, they I think they have what four or five guys now over three hundred pounds sure. up front, and I think it was nine guys uh, put on at least five or more pounds, and then they have I think thirteen of them at least put on one pound. So it's like they they've really <laughs> beefed up up front, and that I mean, Danny talked about that yesterday. Is how much those guys in the middle will be able to to clear up what they're doing at, at linebacker and go make some of those plays. So. Uh, I think it all plays into that. And again, I think that's that competitive depth that he's talking about. They they didn't have that last year. They, they didn't have the depth to rotate guys sure. in and out like I, they do this year. I hate
4: to be this guy too, but and it, it, I kind of thought about it just now as we were talking about him. You know what the one guy that his name just was not brought up yesterday at all. And this is like one of the things that fans do. It's like, because somebody's name isn't mentioned, I think they I always think about. that it's a name that like has just got a lost in the abyss, but Where's
2: Reggie Grimes fit into yep. this? I I I I put out my uh, projected uh, depth chart. I think it was two weeks ago, and I didn't have him on the two deep. I mean, I I just don't know where he. Fa- I mean, yeah. Rondell Bothroyd's going to start, uh, and I feel pretty confident about that. And I feel pretty confident Ethan Downs is going to start. And I know I mean, he may not start by the end of the season, but I think he starts game one. And then uh, all of a sudden you've got Trace Ford, who it sounds like. You know, he's doing great. R. Mason Thomas. R. Mason
3: and Trace are going to be your pass
2: rushers. Yeah. And then, you know, I think... Was Adabare it Jonah that was really talking up R. Mason yesterday? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you've got Atabare. I think he's going to find his way onto the field. I, I just Did don't know... Did he come know. up much yesterday? PJ?
1: Yeah. I don't
4: think nah. Brent was
2: asked about him. He Brent was asked specifically... There was somebody there from... Um, The Denton. The Denton area that was asking about Bowen and Bowen and Jackson, right. Yeah.
3: But, Um, yeah. And and based on who they
2: brought, I don't know who could have really spoke a lot about PJ too. He was on my list of people to ask, but it got to Brent was talking for 40 minutes and it was just... And they cut him off. They said, that's it. He's done. um, But I still, I mean, I I don't think that means that he's not going to play, but somebody like, but for example, I mean, that's just a, a true freshman. He's only been on campus a few months. Reggie Grimes has been around for. You would think that's a name... That would come up, and it just it just didn't.
4: Honestly, it's a name a year ago that I would have said would have been in Dallas yesterday. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. He just was so ineffective. I mean, he was so good for the first three games, and then he just disappeared off disappeared. the map. When how he, about, had, how when
1: how he about, had Nick Benito out there on the field, I mean, he was, you know, and he was pretty good.
4: I love the way that Brent sold the defense, too, because I, I walked out of there thinking, of course they're going to be better going into year number two, but I don't think that I realized... They led the league in tackles for loss and interceptions, which is kind of crazy. Like the interception one, the tackles for loss, obviously they piled them up. But C.J. Colden was a huge difference maker. Yeah, sure. like, That's sure. why I'm that's like, well,
3: who's going to be that guy then? Because it wasn't the returning guys that were getting those
4: picks.
1: Now, I mean, I, I heard him single out Woody Washington. Was there any singling out of corners?
4: I not from what I heard, unless it something was said, you know. You couldn't get that breakout. typical.
3: Hey, give us an update on this position. It was just such a weird setup on trying to ask questions to Brent.
1: You know, something else that stood out to me yesterday is, and I don't think I've ever had a. I think it's probably the Clemson thing that he learned, but the way he described summer workouts, like player led, you know, practices and coach, you know, coach driven periods or whatever, like. You can tell that they, and I'd love to get more into this with him and, and maybe the players, wink, wink, George. Um, but, like, you know, how detailed that stuff is. Because we, it's always been like, oh, it's volunteer practices. You know, the quarterbacks call the players and they get together and they go out and throw seven on seven. And, but it sounds like there's a lot of structure from the inside to, to, the, to the summer practices when the coaches can't be with them.
4: I mean, the way that Danny talked about it yesterday, they're basically practicing. They're going through yeah, practices and you, without, and, and the reason I noticed it without is without helmets and all that kind of because stuff. Because you would obviously. have some of the
1: other coaches. I think Mike Gundy is probably that does the whole. Well, you know, we can't see him, so we don't know until we get back. I mean, well,
2: and I don't think. And the indication was they weren't doing that last year because they couldn't. They didn't have the guys that could. They, that they could didn't do have that. that system installed, right? right and so I think that the, again, that goes to the efficiency thing. I think that everything is going to just look cleaner because everybody's understanding. I mean, I asked Brent. The last question I asked him about, you know, jumping at Clemson year one to year two, they took a huge leap defensively. Like what did they do in that, that time period? And he said, look, it's a, it's an 18 month process. Like year one is so hard because there's so many things going on. You don't have the depth that you hope that you, that you want, and, and you do all these different things and guys don't understand the system. I think that you're going to see guys understand it better now what does that look like on the field? We'll see. I mean, I, 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 I'm starting to buy into it. Like I said earlier, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I walked out of there buying stock in Oklahoma. Uh, now I'm not putting my life on it, but I do think we're going to see it improved. I, I just don't know how much. What is the, what is the improvement? Is it a big jump or is it, a, is it a little jump?
4: He mentioned it during the walk-off, I believe. And I, I think he told Dave Wilson for me as being the same thing uh, during their one-on-one session. But Oklahoma has to figure out a way not to beat Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, I just think, I think the one thing about, you know, Oklahoma and the season and and what they're going to do and how to, it's funny because like Big 12 media days, you don't realize until you see some of the questions asked or the things talked about, like how much everyone hates and is jealous of Oklahoma. And like, they, they, they love (laughs) the fact that Oklahoma struggled last year and they, then they're in I think it's natural for people to say, "Well, they're not. They're done. They're not going to get any better. Yeah. Like it's over. Brent Venables is over his head. Uh, it's just like that idiot deputy commissioner guy and the stuff that he said. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's fanboy. That's fan fiction that you're you're rolling out right there. I mean, I will
4: say, like, I and I didn't know this until this morning, but he was the athletic director at Kansas State. He was talking to John Kurtz, who's a Kansas State guy. Mm-hmm. So there might have been a little bit.
1: Oh, well, no, I don't think like it was like tongue in cheek, but it was that was, Kansas State water cooler, right, You know, yep. kind of you know, everybody gets together and they hate on somebody yeah. or, or they have pre like, th- he's probably a guy that said, well, you know, Oklahoma, if they didn't cheat, they wouldn't be as good as they yeah. were like that kind of thing. It was
4: the same thing that was, you know, probably back in the late eighties, like people, and it, it's like Alabama or Georgia right now. People hate it. Mm-hmm. People hate when you're the big dog and, Oh, has been the big dog in the big 12 for so long that, uh, I think it's only natural for somebody to develop a hatred because, you know, these guys always win. Well,
3: even your even your mark had a little jab, right? Talking about celebrating OU Texas, but then saying, oh, they haven't carried us Oh, But They haven't they, been in the championship game. It was a game. question
1: that he was out of his <laughs> element in talking about, which is the overall recruiting in the conference, yeah. Well,
2: and then I asked him, uh, what did I ask him? Oh, about, you know, how do you replicate what OU and Texas bring to the conference? And he, you know, had the line about the conference is bigger than any two schools, which... That's a good answer for him, but the honest truth is that OU and Texas have been the face, The bell cows, I mean, yeah. they, I mean, Joe Castiglione made a really good point to me yesterday in in the interview about uh, in the 27 years of the Big 12, OU has won 14 of the football conference championships. That's insane. And so when you have that and you have a program that that's that dominant and they have a down year like last year, of course people are going to, you know, throw it in their face and and
1: well I, and you know what else OU in Texas did is they legitimized teams like TCU when they when they got into the fold uh of being in the national championship conversation, it wasn't so much, oh well look who they beat. It was, well they beat OU badly. They beat Texas. Yeah. Like that their it legitimized their candidacy to be a national championship
2: um wasn't there a question yeah. thrown at Brent too about that TCU game? Yes, because it was like the final home game, and they're like, yeah. "How bad they beat they beat you guys last year?" And Brent was like, "Yeah, we don't care." Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I heard
1: somebody ask him a similar thing about Texas, and you know, yeah,
3: yeah in the in the uh, walk off, yeah, and he's like, "Okay, yeah,
4: that's that last last year." What. What about OU offensively? I know that we've talked a lot about them uh, defensively, but you know, obviously Don Gabriel going into his second season in Norman. I, you know, the wide receiver position, and listening to Drake talk about it. Of course, it's it's it, Big Twelve Media Days and any type of media days in the middle of July is going to always for me be a well. What do you want him to say? <laughs> but you know, I I do think that if obviously Jaleel Farouk is going to have to be a guy, but who else outside of that is going to be a difference maker and you can go down the list that they all listed off yesterday, whether it be a Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, uh, Andre Anthony, Brennan Thompson, all these guys, but there's just nothing that I can sit here and say, yeah, he's going to be really, really good. It's just kind of a wait and hope and see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that, I think it was Brent was asked about the wide receiver room, and of course he just goes down the list and just names every receiver. List. So and I, I think yeah. that's what it is right now. Is I think it's a, and that's not to say they don't have talent there, I think it's more so they don't know which guy it's going to be. Is it going to be Andrell Anthony? Is it going to be, you know, Petaway, who seems to come up a lot? It sounds like he's had a really good When you got the summer. Texas transfer, to Yeah, yeah Brandon Thompson. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's more so they just don't know. And maybe they don't have talent there. I don't know. I, I think that's just the biggest question mark is like, what? I think they have
1: talent. It? It's just I don't think they have anyone better than Jaleel Farouk. Um, I well, don't like, have anybody that's
2: that's, that's – proving it either right yeah Yeah. you know
3: are they gonna have a bunch of guys just have like 15 to 25 catches and they like no one that actually stands out as a number as a number two and
1: the other thing is you know will Dylan Gabriel use a traditional tight end will he throw to him very much or is Austin Stogner gonna just turn into a blocker as the season goes along
4: there's a lot of buzz about the uh Falou how do you say his last name the, the Lawton kid, yes, yeah. the kid that's just starting yeah. to play he football. He looked good in the yeah. spring game. He did really look good. good. He's a, he's athletic. Like, if, like
1: like if I didn't know if they they were didn't have numbers at all, I would I would have said that that looks like the most yeah that guy has the most potential of anybody. Well, we'll out see there what
4: Friday. like Blake Smith can add to the mix, but well, he doesn't have a, a cast on his hand. Yeah, like, he
1: still <laughs> catches touchdowns with it. So who cares? I, it's just
4: hard for you, me to sit here in the middle of July and say that. You know, obviously, they're gonna they're they're gonna miss Braden Willis, but it's just hard for me to say that any of those guys could truly be difference makers. I'll when say you're this: here and,
1: we talked to Drake Stoops on the radio. Uh you know, I really got the sense like he's out to prove that he's an NFL guy this year. Yeah, like 100%. I, he's he's somebody for some, a really big year. He's working with f-
2: Amadola, right? In the summer, Danny Amadola? That's right. Yeah. Really, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think he said that on The Animal. I, oh, okay. I saw that interview. Yeah, he, he's he been working with Danny Amendola down in Austin this yeah. summer. That's really
4: interesting. I mean, I he almost scoffed at uh, somebody that asked him if he wants to get into coaching, which was, it was a meaningless and harmless question. I think it was more like, yeah, are you going to follow like, your, your, still your athlete, family? Yeah. And it was basically, <laughs> yeah, he basically was like, yeah, I mean, that's something that I'll think about when I'm done playing. And it, it certainly wasn't, I got... 12, 13 games left in my career type of deal.
1: I didn't really have a, a long time to talk to him. Like I, I would have loved to point out to him, like when he was in high school and Isaac and, and Drake would get interviewed, like Drake would never say anything. Isaac yes. was like the spokesperson yeah. of the family. And now he's gotten so good at interviews. Uh, and he, I asked him what Isaac doing. I guess he's working an oil and gas job up in Oklahoma city. I think that's, that's awesome. what he said. But, uh, out of coaching for now, I think he'll still get back into it at some point, though. I can see that.
4: It's hard to keep the stupidest boys off of football field, yeah. I would imagine.
1: But, uh, but no, I mean, he. I mean, that's one thing that I took from Media Day, and I wanted to put a little dig in there about you know, is Gavin Freeman coming for your job, but. Um, yeah, you d know, I, I didn't do, I didn't do it. But. And I think Gavin's gonna be a great player. Like, yeah.
4: That speed and he, I think those he showed that he can push go make each other a lot. They do. Sure. And I you know, they're best friends. I, I think that they hang out quite a bit together. And uh it's just it's it's gonna be super interesting to me to see what that wide receiver unit looks like. Uh I'm truly not worried about running back. I think it's gonna be really, really good. Javante Barnes is gonna be great. I think Sachak's gonna be really good. Uh Caleb Hicks, Dalen Smothers, both of those guys seem to be have you know bright futures Uh, but you know at the same time it's like are we overlooking the fact that they have to replace two offensive tackles and I know Tyler Guyton I mean I Josh I'll just throw you the softball I know he's going to be extremely good someday it just uh, I don't know it's it's something that it worries you a little bit going into next year
0: there's part of me that's like would it be better for OU if Tyler Guyton's pretty good this year and not great this year like uh, just to have him come back and you have some depth and you can kind of play around with where Caden Green's going to end up but uh, I mean it's variable because I mean we've all seen Tyler Guyton do stuff that you're like there's there's not many guys that have played here that can athletically do some of the things a guy his size can do but then you flip it around and you're like and then he kind of gets pushed around and all that stuff but I mean, the comments through the offseason, you know, Jared Verse talking about Tyler Guyton being the best guy he faced all year. Uh, you know, uh, Jim Nagy from uh, the Senior Bowl saying he's the best. He might be the best tackle on our board kind of thing. Like, they, they – there is – there the people that believe in him are very high on him and very high on what he could be. But, again, there's a part of me that's like, man, it would almost be better entering the SEC if this guy was – you know he came out of the year with like a third round grade and bill and brent can go to him and be like look man you you've you've got a chance to be a lot more than that and uh can have that conversation with him but i i mean he is that guys you know there's a I, I don't know about you guys but i can't remember a team at oklahoma that i've looked at that depending on the day i feel wildly different about a lot of different situations like Wide receiver, I think we're all pretty set on where that is. I think defensive back, I think we're all pretty set on that. Should be a pretty good group. Um, But other than that, there's a lot of positions where I'm like, this could be anywhere from pretty good to really good, and I don't know which. And maybe in a few cases, there could be a real problem.
1: And that's uh, well, I mean, and you know Walter Rouse too. I mean, we hadn't mentioned him. I've been trying to. Real quick, uh, no. I, I, that's the biggest thing. The biggest.
3: T- I'm getting it. The biggest takeaway from yesterday oh wow, was, just, was Brent Venable saying Walter <laughs> Rouse is full go. Okay, there you go. Uh,
1: okay, it um, has been
4: since spring. Yeah, the like, end of the spring. end of spring. Yes. Yeah.
1: Next time, I'm just going to get a box of dead Soxies for Bob to throw at people, <laughs> and he, we won't let him talk. Uh, and I wanted to say that because Dead Soxy. Hey, d e uh, a d s o x y dot com. Go check them out uh my god do you need no shows right now like nobody's business uh they are the only thing that can make life bearable in this humidity filled mess josh i guarantee you you don't have humidity in houston like we're having right now i mean it is like literally your body just starts oozing gases and sweat as soon as you walk outside it's terrible it rains every night here it rains so we got all this humidity it's like I don't know. Go look on the thing and see what the humidity is right now. Um, but no dead socksies, no shows make life bearable. You can put the get get some of those slip on socks. Like I, I got some Kohans lately that I'm wearing with the no shows, and they're fantastic. D e um, a d s o x y. Go to the website. Type in the promo code scoop. You're gonna get 25 percent off. Uh, your entire order, even sale items, uh, go go get yourself some of the Maker Bayfields. Those are still there. Uh, the uh, the the crimson colorway collection. Go check it out. Just great stuff. Stock up for game day when it won't be as humid. Uh, it'll just be a little hot. Um, but man, go get just just go get like six pairs of no shows or maybe seven. So you at least just have one pair for every day of the week until you can. Uh, you can uh, wash those bad boys. But, yeah, they're getting me through life right now. You need them. Go get them. DeadSoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Promo code SCOOP. Get 25% off your entire order. And, as always, stay Soxy. Um, by the way, those are great shoes uh, that uh, Stutzman and uh, Dylan Gabriel had over the weekend or yesterday.
2: Custom, I believe.
1: Can you really call those Louis Vuittons, though? Because they're just painted the Louis Vuitton logo on Nikes?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm i usually a big shoe guy, but uh, I really don't know how how those are made. But I bet they're expensive. Uh, and he's, I'm sure they're not cheap, yeah. He's killing the NIL game, Dylan Gabriel. You can say whatever you want about him as a quarterback. He's killing it in the NIL
1: game. Well, and the stuff he's doing with the jerseys for his high school is really yeah. cool. Not, like, not just the football team, but hearing him tell the stories about, like, how kids would practice without socks and stuff when he was in high school. like you can. That's just a
2: great, great
1: gesture on his part.
2: Did you guys sense, I mean, you guys were there last year. Did you guys sense that he is, I don't know if embracing is the right term, but it seems like he's more comfortable maybe in his 100%. role? Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
3: I think he's embraced it since the very first day, but it's about gaining that comfort level that we start to see in the of Bowl, and through his personality throughout the winter with the memes and the gifts. It's like, this is who he really is, and now he's ready to show you know, why this is going to be his team completely in 2023.
4: I think he found a little bit of confidence, too. I mean, it, I, it's obvious when you start playing better on the field, you're going to have a little bit more confidence, and I think that he found that at the end of the year last year. Like He played really well in the Tech game. They got beat. He played really well, played well in the ball, in the ball state game. game. Yeah. That was the best game that he's played in an Oklahoma uniform, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like you said, showing the emotion, fans love that shit, man. I mean, that's Baker. They want to see their – I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, as much of a robot as he was off the field, he did show emotion on the field. I mean, remember that Baylor game when he got his face – his visor just just got shattered and he popped up and, like, he would get beat up. But, I mean, he showed emotion on the field. And I think Dylan was such a guy that – people focus on the negative and he, he never really gave him a reason with his emotional play or just, just showing any emotion. Like I think people felt like he was a little robotic and in, in, it's not fair because people are like, well, he doesn't care that much if you're not showing emotion.
2: And, and I think too, uh, and this kind of goes to a bigger question about the offense, but, and he talked about this a little bit is I think it's going to look a little different. Not that they're going to change, you know, completely what they're doing schematically. And I still think they're going to go fast, but I do think there's an element of what they're doing on third down, fourth down. That seems to be a huge emphasis of something they looked at this offseason. Finishing. um, You know, I I think that I was reading, I was just reading the Athletic article by Max Olson. I don't know if you guys read that, but he has this great stat in there that, did you know that OU faced second and eight or more 171 times this year? Only seven other teams in college football faced more second and eight or longer in football, so they were facing. I mean, they were they were always in these like third and long, second and long type situations, and then they were just not good on third and fourth down in short situations. I mean, i I Dude, think that I, that's a, a situation
4: yeah. they have to fix this year. I can't tell you how many times I went, you know, just going back and uh, logging all the game clips and looking at the Oklahoma State second half, how many times they had second and one, third and one, yeah, and didn't pick it up, like yeah. and, and didn't even come close, like well, losing see, yards,
1: and I th- I. I think that might come back to one of those things where, you know, Jeff Lebby, he's been a few different places. I mean, he, was his first offensive coordinator job at, at UCF? Did he get high? Was he, like, the assistant? Because Kendall would have been the offensive coordinator when he that was there most of the time. sounds right to me. I think that's right.
0: So, I mean, he's he, been to t- – No, he he was OC at Southeastern. Southeastern. That oh, was okay. his first – Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, in Lakeland, Florida. And then right. – he was QB and passing game in 18 right. and then took over as OC in 19 at UCF.
1: Okay, so he's still a relatively young coordinator. Uh, and, you know, the tempo thing, it's something he believes in. We know we've seen it work. I mean, we saw Kevin Wilson implement that in 2009 uh, and lead, you know, at the time it was the best offense anybody, the college football had ever seen when Sam, when, or 2008 when Sam uh, was a sophomore, right? Um, so, like, I get the, the up-tempo stuff. Here's the thing, is is Jeff Levy, a, a you know, relatively young coach, still doesn't know everything, but he knows offense. You have if you're gonna go fast, you have to run plays that you know you can execute. And when you have three straight plays and they don't work, that's that's a that's a lot on you. You have to know, like, we can't call that play. It it, it doesn't have a good chance of working. Stick with the plays that you know are gonna work when you go up tempo. Otherwise, it's going to look like it did last year all over again.
2: They had, I counted this, I, I think I said this on a previous pod maybe, but I went back and you counted, counted up the minutes I remember during yeah, the offseason. It was 32 times they had a possession less than one minute. And on 17 of those, they did not score on those possessions. So there's obviously possessions that they scored, you know, explosive plays. But, and I asked Brent about that yesterday, and I don't know if he really appreciated it. He didn't the, care he, for it, man. he didn't really appreciate <laughs> the question. I just said, you know, they played, I think it was the third most snaps of any team on defense in college football last year. And a large part of that's one, they didn't, they didn't get off the field great on third down at times. But the other part of that is they, the offense was going so fast that they had the time of time of possession was so high. And I asked him that, and he just was very blunt and said, we're looking at all the things and hopefully we're better at complementing each other next year. So I, I and I, I don't know if that's a sign of they know that they need to slow down Stop at times? telling me this. <laughs> yeah, or is it is it a sign that they're not going to to fix it? So I, I think that's going to be really interesting. I do think they're going to run the ball a lot more. Uh, I think we're going to see more of what they did in the bowl game, which was run the ball, and they did slow things down at times. That was the only game last year that they did not have um, a single possession under one minute. Uh, so I, I do think that that's something that we'll see, whereas like the Oklahoma State game, Eddie mentioned earlier. I think that was the highest one they had. That I, think, was a I think joke it was, of the second half. I think it was six or seven one-minute possessions they had in that game, which is just absurd. Anyways,
1: so what you're saying basically is Brent hates you.
2: No, I don't think he hates me. I mean, he <laughs> shook my hand afterwards. He was at, like, stop asking this I question, th- Stoyan. I I, did, I, wanted, I asked it. him. I think I asked him the efficiency of complimenting each other like three times because I was mm-hmm. looking for a different answer and finally he was just like <laughs> look we know we need to be better at complimenting each other uh I and he also was very open about the offense said hey you need to be better on third down fourth down red zone finishing at the end of games I think that's that was another emphasis that we haven't touched on yet but he taught him talking about the fourth quarter Fourth quarter you yep. look at back at specifically the Texas Tech game West Virginia Baylor, Baylor. Kansas yeah. State they couldn't stop Anybody at the games, and they couldn't score when they absolutely needed to at the, at the end of games. So, uh, I think bringing in you know more competitive depth will help them when it comes down to those those close games. That was definitely the buzzword of the day: competitive yeah. depth. Yep, that and efficiency, which yeah. I think play they play hand in hand. Sure. He did get a question about Justin Blackman. Did you guys hear that question? Yeah. yeah. And, I, uh, and, I, I like, and he was like, why are, why you, are you asking, asking me
4: this? Was, I saw, oh my God. Like the way that Brent looked at uh, whoever, I, was it Ben or somebody that was asking it? It was an Oklahoma State writer. I he's believe. going into the uh, Oklahoma State Hall of Fame. Okay. But I think the way that he asked it, like, yeah. I think for a second Brent thought he died. Yeah. Like, it uh, was, a very, it was like, a very weird, like, but he had a great quote about him. He said that he was one of the only players that he's ever. Uh, game plan against that is like we have to take this guy off the field. We have yeah. to we have to eliminate him.
1: All right. Uh any any other thing you want to hit on about Big Twelve Media Days before we talk I don't to think Joshua so about, about recruiting. I don't think
4: so. I you know I I do think that everybody represented themselves well. I don't know how you could go down there and not represent yourself well in front of the media, but all the right things were said. But you know, here we are what some 20 days away from the start of camp. It really we doesn't, the, it doesn't We didn't get that. I thought we might get the start of
2: camp day. August 3rd. August 3rd. Okay. There we go. Uh, there we go. I think Stutzman told us that. Okay. All right. One
3: wasn't point. wasn't Brent.
2: It was Stutzman.
1: I think. Mike Hawk's going to kill him now. Um <laughs> No, uh well Josh uh couple of commitments uh and uh I you got into a little bit of a uh uh, Christopher Fitz- Fitzpatrick, who's been on our pod before uh, I think you sent him into a tizzy I don't know if he was He, he was on some gummies last night Or what was going on But uh, he's, the, he's the guy that's done the uh, Mike Hostie tr- uh, documentary that's been gotten rave reviews Won a lot of awards all over the country uh, But the, the July 20th thing From, from uh, David Stone Just sent everybody into a tizzy And you tried to explain it And it still everybody was pissed off
0: i can tell you that i am completely unaware that i sent anyone into a tizzy with that i had no idea that that was a i now on our board i get that i just crap on everyone's dreams and so that that's that's my job uh um, but i had no idea that anyone was upset with me about that news i guess i need more information on that
1: is this and this it was just him being an old man i mean it really i told him to stop being an old man screaming at the clouds type <laughs> yeah. deal
4: is uh is has this past week with Devon Mitchell obviously, and then you go to yesterday with Jaden Jackson. It feels like this is one of the biggest kind this of recruiting way, weeks yeah, that Oklahoma's we've been had been in a while. But I don't think that like are people realizing how big of deals these both things are.
0: I don't think so because I and I think a lot of that has to do with they don't see dominoes starting to fall in place like they, it feels like um i don't know like in, uh, I, and i can put it in these terms like i went and saw mission impossible this week the, the new one and it's great for those wondering but like like anytime you see a movie where they stick a key in the lock and like then it goes inside the lock and you can see the tumblers fall like that's kind of what it feels like like the the door starting to open like you're starting to see all the things fall in place for oklahoma that that Need to happen. I, I, mean, guys, I can't tell you how many people I, I talked to that were like, David Stone had a role in this. What does that tell you about David Stone? Like, <laughs> I, you know, like I don't know, like how long he'll go on with all of this. But like, his good friend Xavier Robinson's in the class. Devon Mitchell's talking about recruiting him in the story that we wrote, and you know, and David has acknowledged him several times. David is in the commitment chat of Jaden Jackson yesterday like he is so arms deep in this that like I just don't know what people think is going to happen so whatever it is with David Stone just be patient let it happen and then you start looking at all the guys that Devon Mitchell's connected to you know all the guys he's going to start being involved with and I just think there is a there's a lot that we kind of and I, 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 you know, I, I think I broke a little bit last week. It's almost like, just it's got to happen sooner or later. I don't right. know when, but it does. I, I understand why fans wonder. Now you're starting to see that momentum starting to build that we had been expecting. You know, maybe ten days later than we anticipated it.
3: And Josh, I want to go back to Mitchell. How big of a deal is it that he's going to not be 2025, but that he is going to reclassify and be 2024?
0: Uh, guys i mean you know it as well as i do that tight end room needs a massive influx of talent and he is you're you're going to struggle to find a guy you know regardless of where he's ranked i know the updated ranking didn't meet up to ou fan standards and you know usually i give him a hard time i get it like i he's a better player than where he's currently ranked i don't think there's any question on any of our minds that have seen him in person um I think that would be remedied in time. The, the thing I want to explain to people with that, and you know, Bob, I absolutely will answer your question, but the thing I want to explain is that basically the rankings were done. They were entered. Everything was finished. And then Devon Mitchell announces on Saturday uh, evening that he's going to reclassify to 2024. So they have to go in and reshuffle everything. And I get, oh, it's one player. You just move him in. It's not that simple. So I, I, I expect... In the next go-around, you'll see a little bit, a little bit cleaner ranking and a little bit more in line with where I think he is from a talent perspective. But to to Bob's question, this is a huge win for OU. It's a huge win for Joe John Finley. Um, you can't put all the eggs in the basket of Devon Mitchell that they did and not land Devon Mitchell. So if you're gonna run, if you're gonna gamble that, it's fine if you win, and they did. So like great, you know, because I, I, I would take him over. Any of the tight ends that you could say they lost, and all the effort they put into him. So, okay, fair play. But if you if it hadn't gone well, then obviously that that's a that's a huge gamble and you lost, and that's a real problem. So, um, I, I love what he brings. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is six 240 He's going to show up to college carrying the weight he needs to do anything OU wants him to do. It's just going to be him getting stronger, you know, doing all the the physical maturation stuff that he'll need to do. Um, But, guys, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say he's the most talented tight end Oklahoma has signed probably since Jermaine Gresham or, you know, has committed, assuming he'll sign.
3: You You look at Mitchell, I think a lot of us expected him to pick OU last Saturday. Jaden Jackson, though, I would even say as late as Tuesday. Was not expecting anything. How did this all come together throughout the course of the week?
0: So I got a call um, from a Texas source, and they, I don't I don't wanna add him, so I won't I won't say the name. It's not a not wanting to give him credit. I just it was a conversation that we were just gonna have in privately. And it was like I I think you might want to check around because I mean, I'll be honest, guys, I had turned my radar off on Jada Jackson. I wasn't worried about it, I wasn't thinking about it. There was nothing that told me that was a big concern. Um, and I said, well, okay. And so I checked with Ohio State sources, and they're like, yeah, you know, Oklahoma's hanging around, but Ohio State still thinks it's Ohio State. I'm like, okay, you know, so wait a little bit longer. And again, like I, I hear from another Texas guy, it's like, hey, may, maybe maybe you want to check. So I started making some calls, and it's like, yeah, oh, you just got a chance here. Like it, it was, and it was, it was all just real, like, Uh, it it kind of felt um probably not unlike Miami sources did about Devon Mitchell last week it was just kind of like ah, you know it sounds like Miami's making a run here but it's been OU for so long let's not assume too much and but as time went on it was just like no no they're they've done this thing and uh you know we were we were pretty honest about what happened with David Hicks um and I certainly don't want to say that's all of it. I think Oklahoma did a good job. Todd Bates deserves a lot of credit. But, uh, you know, we, you, we've talked last week and we, we've talked some um, on the board and other places about OU seeming to have a renewed presence in NIL. And that was a role here. Like, I don't want there to be any mistake. They Oklahoma seems to be pivoting in that direction of being more willing to do what needs to be done to get the guys they need to get. And I think... OU fans shouldn't take any shame in that. We keep talking about that's the rules. Those are the rules, and it seems like OU's willing to play by them, and uh, with with as many big decisions as are coming up over the next month or so for Oklahoma, the Taylor Tatums, Williams, Winnery, like you go down the list of possibility of David Stone, that's got to make an OU fan feel good because that's that's the stuff. That's how you close some of these guys, in my opinion.
2: And that's why, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, drinking the Kool-Aid of Brent it's not just about this season but some of the stuff that I heard yesterday about what OU's doing in the NIL game and obviously now they're starting to land some of these recruits it just feels like they are heading in the right direction in terms of what they're doing and they're willing to play that game and and I know that they're trying to get creative in what they're doing in in NIL and I think players are are noticing that I mean I it sounds like I mean Josh just said that it Played a factor in Jaden Jackson. I, I'm assuming it'll play a factor with guys going forward too.
4: It also felt like the Jaden Jackson news. Josh was almost something of like percentage chances. I I guess better way to ask this: If OU is in the Big Twelve still and they're not moving to the SEC, do they have any chance with Jaden Jackson?
0: 10%, maybe. Yeah. Like, maybe. I mean, it's just, th- th- there's no question. I mean, and I think, guys, I, that's one of the interesting things that I keep wondering about, is when do these kids, like, when does it become cemented in their mind, Oklahoma's an SEC team? For all, for these recruits, they don't, They will never play in the Big 12. Like, Oklahoma is an SEC team for all, in, all all purposes, for them. Like, and I think as much as you can know that, it's another thing to put it to your mind. Like I'm going to play the same competition at Oklahoma that I would at Georgia or Tennessee or any other school that you want to talk about. Like there's nobody that Oklahoma is recruiting in a big battle against right now. that can say, you're, you're not going to be as ready for the NFL because of the competition you face that, you know, because you go to Oklahoma, like th- there's nobody that can make that argument anymore. It, it is dead. And I, I think that is a key point here and something that has to be kept in mind. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like I, with, with something, you know, George was saying, it feels like there has been a shift in the last, I, I would say last month. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I've heard rumors of some meetings some kind of powwows amongst the staff. Like I, I, and I, I'm, I don't know those to be fact. I'm just telling you, these are things I've heard of you combine what we can do, what we can bring to bear in the NIL market and the soul mission, and you put those things together, there's no school in the country that brings those kind of things that can really match, you know, so these kids don't have to choose one or the other. They can have both.
3: Mention riding the wave. I think that wave's going to continue going into... Next week, we learned about the commitment date for Taylor Tatum. That'll be next next Friday, but even before then, we got uh, Zion Raggins looking to make his choice uh, Tuesday. Is OU about to add its fifth receiver in this class?
0: It sure looks that way to me. I, I've heard nothing to make it make me feel like that won't be the case. Um, again, this is a 10, 300-meter guy. I think Oklahoma just sees that as how many opportunities are you going to get to go get a guy like that? And do it in the state of Georgia where you want to have inroads. You want to have relationships. Like it's kind of one of those things where if he was from Delaware, I don't know, maybe it goes differently, but being a kid from Georgia, you want to be able to go in there. You want to have those coaches feel comfortable that hey, if if Brent Venables makes my guy an offer, he's going to stand behind it. And I think that is, that has importance, but at the same time, I don't want anybody to think it's just that this is an explosive player that they like a lot, and you can you know, combine him with a guy like K.J. Daniels and then some of the size you have with Ivan Carey on, Dozie has a comma. I mean, you, you're really – you're hoping that's enough to you know, kind of bolster your receiver room until you get in that 2025 class where you already have an elite guy committed in Grayson Harris and you're chasing guys like Decorian and Moore and Andrew Marsh and really some of the elite receivers in the country in that class.
2: Where's uh, th- Where do things stand with uh, williams Winery? I think I said his name right.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I swear. This is this is one of the really interesting things because a couple of days ago, I was talking to a Missouri source um, that Carrie knows well, and we were having a conversation, and this is part of what I'm talking about when I talk with this NIL stuff. Like, when I, when you talk to people at Georgia and you talk to people at Missouri... They'll say Oklahoma is bringing some serious some, some credit to bear here. Like they are absolutely doing everything they can to make sure williams Winery ends up in Norman. And I, I know last year with Caden Green, Missouri Missouri was trying to drop a bag. And I, from what I'm told, they are it, it's, it's a real question of whether they can do what OU is trying to do. Like I mean, for an in-state kid. Number one player in the country. I mean, you think Missouri is going to? There's no player that could ever be a higher priority for them than Williams-Renary, and I I don't know that they can meet OU. And then it, so if you talk about that, wh- what's Missouri got to hold over OU's head? Not the SEC. I mean, it's it's location. That's the only thing that they can say that carries any real weight. And I mean, he's a two-hour drive from Columbia or a 45-minute flight from Oklahoma. Like it, you know. I, I don't know how much that's really really going to play uh for a kid from the midlands but of course georgia's still there and georgia does have bullets to fire that that you know we we all know um are very meaningful in any recruitment but I, if i'm picking today i'm picking oklahoma like I, I still think they're the choice i think it's really tight I, this is not a guy that i'm gonna say i knew all along like i i believe it to be true but i'm not trying to say that I, could, I don't think anybody knows. I you know, I, I, think the world of Rusty Manziel at our Georgia site, I think he's as good a recruiting insider as you'll find in our business. And he's – th- there's no – Georgia's getting him. Like, it's not that at all. Like, th- this is a dogfight down to the end. We're expecting it to be August 1st. There's been some comments from Jamar Mosey and it, even Williams to some degree that that's what's going to happen. But I uh, – one of the things that I will say is interesting. I I don't think I can talk enough about Williams or that anybody's going to get bored as far as listeners. Um, But I will say I was talking to a Georgia source, uh, I guess late last week. And there was a conversation about things have gone pretty quiet around Georgia on him. And usually he was saying, usually when they get to that point, it's either they've won him or they've lost him. And they kind of know. And, I, that, that, uh, like, I don't, I sure don't think they've won him from what I can say. So, like, I I, it, I know talking to several people, Georgia people think OU and uh, Georgia are battling. Missouri thinks it's OU and Missouri. I, OU, I, I think, is a little more like, it's, it's just a free-for-all. Like, it's a fight. Um, I, I haven't heard, like, they think Georgia's ahead or Missouri's ahead. Like, I don't get that impression. Um, so, I... I always come back to, like, who does everyone think are the contenders? And OU is the only constant for all three schools. And I think that's – that. it may not be the end all. And, again, I don't want to say I'm extremely confident in anything. But it's, it's part of the reasoning that I think OU it is the bet right now.
3: Josh, if Williams doesn't go August 1st, does that mean anything?
0: I don't – think so like i i, I don't really I, I wouldn't read too much into that now i will say we are getting to that point in time where you know because and, and you and i have talked about this a couple times on the pod bob like where coming out of that georgia visit you thought okay the farther you get away from that the better it is we're kind of past that now like any there's no post visit high right. still happening a month later like i i don't think that's the the question here um and I think with, like I said, with Jaden Jackson making his decision, uh, David Stone circling around, and I, you know, I know Williams is aware of him, and um, those guys talk, and you know, I, I know there are several other guys that Oklahoma wants to have in this class. You know, Nigel Smith. I mean, they're they're all very aware of one another. So I, I think if you if you could get that first domino to fall, like you could argue that okay, maybe maybe on August first it would be somebody else. But then on August 20th, before his season opener, David Stone picks Oklahoma, does that give a little more legitimacy to William saying, okay, I'm going to pick Oklahoma. David and I are going to be there with P.J. and Jaden Jackson. And this defensive line room all of a sudden goes from, well, I've got to go in there and be the guy to I'm one of five or six guys in this defensive line room that has very real NFL potential. I, I, you could argue that either way. But the way I feel like it's trending right now, I think if he goes August 1st, it's probably better for Oklahoma.
3: I'm, I'm going to go to quarterback. I thought maybe after Samaj Jones picked Bear, the the Bearcats that Jeff Levy and them would cool off on his second quarterback for a 2024 class, but they haven't offered Trevor Jackson earlier this week. I know it's very early in this process, but any initial thoughts?
0: I'm with you. I'm surprised. I thought Samaj was just a guy where they said, you know, oh, he's so talented. He's such a gifted runner. We could do some interesting things with him, even from word go, you know, like we, we could, there's a lot of possibilities there for Jeff Levy. Now, at the same time, I say I'm surprised because I just thought, okay, they'll go to the portal. They'll go do something. Guys, they're going to have two scholarship quarterbacks next year. Yep. Excuse me. Next year with a very real chance that neither one of them has ever started a college game like that's that's crazy like that 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 is a wild thing and not that a high school quarterback is going to fix that but the more bodies you get in there the more competition you can create and frankly the fewer throws you put on jackson arnold michael hawkins's arms in practice you you, i mean somebody's got to throw to these five wide receivers in the 2024 class so I think there is um, there's something to be said for bringing in, and, and this is the kind of guy that makes sense. Like bring in a big athletic guy. Let's see how it works out. And if he, if you know, if he leaves in a year or two, which is I think we all know is a a very high probability with any quarterback um, you bring in at this at this or excuse me in this era of recruiting. So it I makes some sense, and I expect. Even if it's not him, maybe there's another guy, because I know they are still monitoring several others. Um, You know, there's a a, – with what we've seen happen at Northwestern, they've got a quarterback commitment that I kind of wonder, does OU kick the tires there a little bit? You know, like, it's it's as much a numbers game as it is anything, but I, I think there's no question that there's probably two more quarterbacks added to this roster between now and this time next year. Uh, that will probably both be scholarship guys. So I, I just think it's almost got to happen because, you know, just from running a normal practice, you've got to have some more bodies.
3: Final thing for me would be we are two weeks away from, well, are they going to call it the party at the palace again or whatever they're going to phrase it? Is, is this visit list starting to come together and what seems to be the priority this time around?
0: well what's interesting is they're going to have two events and i don't know that i've talked a lot about this i know i've mentioned it i think in a scoop maybe a week or two ago they're going to have a midweek on july 26th that is like 2025 and 2026 guys um you know i think the first a lot of people knew of it was yesterday connor quintero the 2026 quarterback from stillwater tweeted that he was going to be on campus on the 26th and um he is uh He's one of several 26s I've already confirmed. The Chase Lofton kid who picked up an offer at camp, he'll be there. Javion Osborne, another kid that picked up an offer. I would expect Caden Jones, Evanson Malaska, some of those guys as well. Um, but you look at the 2025 list, obviously Kevin Sperry, um, you know, but then you've got Michael Fasusi, you've got Marcus James, you've got Terrence Edwards coming in for Virginia that people don't talk a lot about him. He's been on campus like four times like since he was a freshman in high school and loves, loves Jay Valai and Brent and the whole crew. So he's a guy that more people need to talk about. I'm told Jonah Williams, the big-time safety from Galveston, is going to come back up, who I didn't – I mean, like, guy lives like 30 minutes from me, and he and I had talked. I kind of thought OU was going to be an outsider. But when he made that trip up, he loved it. He really liked Brandon Hall. Um, We're seeing more of Brandon Hall being just an outstanding recruiter that these kids really seem to connect to. Um, Andrew Marsh is expected to be there. I, one of the interesting ones, Isaiah Mosey is going to be there. Does Isaiah Mosey come up with his dad and hang around and, I don't know, maybe bring a Lee Summit North teammate with him uh, or two, because uh, Kamori Moore is coming as well. Uh, I mean, does the whole Lee Summit North come down and spend the weekend in Norman right before Williams-Wanary's expected commitment on July 1st? I don't know, but it's an interesting thing to consider, uh, especially when you look at what happened last year with Oklahoma coming out of that with all the David Hicks momentum, all the Colton Vossick momentum. And obviously, Oklahoma will hope it lasts to December a little better than last year, but the, there's no question the party was a huge thing, and that will be on Friday night where – it's been harder to confirm names because you're getting a lot of these guys that are very close to the situation. Like Taylor Tatum doesn't want to tell me if he's going there because he's going to announce on the 21st and it's kind of a dead giveaway. Like if he's coming, then obviously we kind of know what he's going to do next Friday. Um, if he's not, then, you know, we kind of know th- th- there's at least some chance that maybe it's going to go differently. So, um, is it going to be hard? Because, like, like, oh,
3: what, what official visits haven't been used at this point?
0: That, that, well, and that's part of it, too, is my understanding, Bob, is that, and I need to look at the calendar, but that was the whole deal with Casey Poe. Casey Poe was supposed to do his official on this weekend and was informed he could not.
3: And oh, so why, I though? don't
0: know if that can even be used as such. Um, and I looked, and I thought I'd verified that, but now I'm like, Ooh, I'm about seventy percent that I really dotted my eyes. On if you that.
3: can visit um, the campus, why could you not official visit? Because that's
0: that's that.
4: What uh, what weekend? The final weekend of this, July twenty
0: eighth, right would, there before would, the start of camp.
4: Would players go home that weekend? Although I asked Danny yesterday, he has no plans of going home, so I don't. I guess that's not a. Good excuse.
0: Well, that's because Danny's dedicated now. he's, <laughs> that's he's just, true. He's in the game. He's in. The, he's
4: in the
3: book. That last week of July is the only week that's open. Then August is a complete dead period too. But I was mm-hmm. I was confused. Well, I remember when you said that about Casey. I was like, that doesn't sound right. If you can show yeah. up for these events, can't you make an official visit?
0: That's that's what I thought. Like Bob, it's it's been a weird thing. That, like, I will say, I think part of it was uh, Casey didn't want to wait that long to make a decision. So it kind of, you know, like, but at the same time, I got the impression that that was OU's belief as well, that that couldn't be used that way. So I, again, I need to check with a few people and verify that. But so far, I've heard nothing that makes me think there's official visits happening. A, a good example is Josh Iasosa, the, uh, the new offensive line offer from Edmund Santa Fe. He is going to be there at the party at the palace, but he's waiting to take his official visit for a game. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Like, I don't know how to read that situation, but he would seem to indicate that Oklahoma is not planning to do official visits on this weekend. All right. uh,
1: By the way,. Yeah, you know, want to remind you guys. Uh, Big Twelve media day coverage, uh, in, it, you know, sponsored in part by Quick Trip, uh, who is, uh, you know, been, been a, a good friend of ours for a while. Uh, George, being from the Tulsa area, has always been kind of he's kind of like a mini ambassador that doesn't get paid to. I love tell Quick people Trip. how much he loves them. I would die. for <laughs> I that keep gas telling station. you, shut up until you're getting paid. Uh, no, I, I love Quick Quick. I mean, I grew up. When I was little, grew up in, in southeast Kansas, we had a quick trip in town. and
2: I stopped and got four taquitos on my way home yesterday. <laughs> four of them.
1: So you don't go to In-N-Out, you go to Quick Trip. I go to Quick Trip, baby. That place rocks. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we're going to be doing some stuff n- this coming week, too, going to SEC Media Days with them. Uh, they are starting to open up a lot of stores uh, in the southeast, some uh smaller you know i can't remember what joseph told me to, that they were called but like kind of not pop-ups but you know just just smaller gas stations all throughout the southeast and they're coming to oklahoma city too so uh that's very very exciting hopefully uh plans will be you know in the norman moore area at some point but you know oklahoma city i know out uh, kind of by turn by the turnpike um heading over to tulsa I think Eddie and that kind of where the first one's going to be. The OKC Talk said somewhere out there. At some point? Yeah,
4: it's going to be on uh, uh, Broadway Extension and uh, well,
1: I guess I thirty five and uh, Hefner.
4: Yeah, okay. Just okay. south of gotcha. uh, south of uh, what's it called Frontier City. Frontier City. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the the other one's going to be down in Moore. They just announced that. Okay, I think yeah, yeah. I want to say like mm-hmm. within the last couple of days. Yeah. Maybe we should go to the grand opening. Cut, cut the ribbon? Cut the can ribbon. We, can we that's cut the I'm ribbon?
1: <laughs> if you keep making sweet, you know, videos like the one you did uh, the other day, they might invite us.
4: All right. Well, that's a deal. I'll be there.
1: I am uh, also, I'm I'm excited about the partnership because we're doing more, you know, kind of TikTok-y type stuff, which I'm learning how to use uh, CapCut, which is a, a mobile video editing thing, which is pretty cool. I'll, we can go over it later, Eddie. It's pretty cool. Uh, so, but no, we're, we're doing all this stuff with Quick Trip kind of, kind of. It's almost like it's to help them, but it's also to kind of help us kind of build our social media game as well. Uh, and we're going to have more stuff coming from our trip to uh, Nashville with the SEC. So keep an eye out for that. But Quick Trip, go check them out if they're in your area. Uh, you don't have to tell them Sooner scoop sent you. But uh, I don't know. What, just, just yell out, you know, free Lindsay Street or something when you get your order. That might be kind of cool. Uh, and also, I was told uh, – some activity might be brewing on the uh, tailgating scene. Nothing official, and I'm all, I'm always told make sure you tell them that the athletic department's not in charge of that. Whatever, wink, wink. Um, no, but I think maybe the university is starting to kind of look at something. Um, with I heard history.
2: that we will have an announcement on that sometime in the next month before kickoff. I like it. That's right. Like nice. Okay. I like that.
1: So anyway, also SoonerScoopStore.com, we are kind of in flux. I know we have got some orders in today, uh, but uh, we are a little slow on the take right now because we've had the new carpet installed and we're kind of putting this place back together. Uh, But uh, go check out SoonerScoopStore.com, get you some uh, unofficial 40 merch or Lindsey Street merch, uh, what have you. Get a hat, whatever you want to get, whatever's there. we still got some of the softball, eat, sleep, uh, run, roll, repeat shirts left, so. Uh, anyway, and that fund is still just sitting around, just waiting to be used. I mean, hell, it might be next year until it happens, but, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the NIL front, as George said. I was reading the Castiglione story with On3, um, while you guys were talking recruiting. Sorry, Josh, I do it too. Um, there's some really interesting stuff in there. Uh, In your Q&A, really, if you've had questions about the the football facilities, that turnip scene, how much of that is all intertwined or not intertwined. Go read that, and I'm sure you're still going to go to QAnon and you know get your news from there on that. But you should go read George's Q and A. So uh, that's going to do it, folks. Um, Eddie's got one more thing. To Real quick, to. I
4: have an announcement. Sure, I broke down this morning. I had a mental breakdown. I bought Twitter Blue.
1: I heard. I, saw I So after
4: I saw I, I, that you did I'd it. I had to. I had to. <laughs> Once you I told I've it, been so, telling George,
1: just wait.
4: Just I wait. I couldn't. It, it's $84. I don't care. I 84? I,
2: How did you get it for 84? Mine says 113 I don't know. Ooh.
4: Because I I was invited into the program, I think, way back when.
1: Your ass should get it for free.
4: I, you should, yeah. I had to. I, I got so frustrated over the last couple of days trying to tweet from uh, TweetDeck. Tweet deck, yeah. That I was just like, I can't do this anymore.
2: I have to get it.
1: Twitter
4: has yeah. its own schedule, So it's embarrassing. Well, you well, can sue
2: me. I woke up and I saw your message that you bought it. And so I was like, "Screw it, I'm buying it." too. And, and, and you bought but, it. Well, they wouldn't let me because changes, I changed my profile picture profile in the last picture. couple of days. To uh, me, asking your mark questions. It has to be mark, thirty days. It's like I think it's like it, you've changed it in a few days. Try again later is what it told I me. I think it's like, thirty what the days. Why would they? But see, this is where Twitter's dumb. Why would they not just take my money? I'm willing to give you a hundred dollars yeah. right now, and you just, they just won't take it. But whatever. It's a weird. I'll place. buy it eventually because
0: they're super worried about authenticity, George. Yeah,
2: whatever. I, I I knew I was going to pull the trigger eventually. I, I I have and I have no problem pulling it. Whatever. Well, see, and I, here's to like, too much.
0: If
1: if Elon just made a small business deal, like they only have one thing as, as a business to get you know yourself verified or you know business verified, and then I could verify all of you guys and pay for you guys. Here's how much it costs, though. It costs a thousand dollars a month. Like that's that's insane. That's crazy. That's insane. Eighty four dollars IBM. for a year. It's
4: not that bad. Take it from me. We're yeah. not. We're not seven, Microsoft. We're seven not Chick fil A. Month. Chick-fil-A. Well,
1: and, and I mean, know, give us like a plan like two fifty a year. I'll pay that. It's fine. And then let me buy everyone. You know their check marks that is affiliated with Sooner Scoop. I mean, that's five of us. Uh, maybe if you charge fifteen bucks a month, I'm fine with that. But fifty dollars a month is what they charge. After you pay the thousand dollar a month. To be a business. Yeah. So you're paying $1,250 a month just so we can have a stupid ch- Look, I don't want Twitter to fail. We have 84,000 followers mm-hmm. Sooner Scoop. It's a huge platform for us. So I get pissed off when Elon does stupid stuff like, you know, rate limit and stuff like that. Like, I, just don't kill it, Elon. You can mess around, do whatever, but like make things reasonable. Let's don't a thousand dollars a month I has, mean, that, has
3: anyone had it happen again i just had it that very rate first, limit thing? first day i haven't had
1: the rate limit exactly. but the tweet deck stuff is like that's, that's definitely that's, i've been hearing about that that's with, the oh only God. way yeah. that
4: i really truly use twitter i you know obviously well, scroll on my phone and stuff but to post stories and to post things on scoop and all that kind of stuff it's just
1: tear it's tough yeah i would rather put my energy into TikTok than threads
2: Threats is awful. I'm sorry. I know there's people out there. They're like, "Well, it's so. It's you know, it's, it's simplified. It's 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 dog shit. I'm sorry. Until it's, it's not
1: a for you, you know, user experience that that's all you get. Also, I, no I'm one's on
2: there. No one's on there. Like I got on there and it's yes. There's a ton of like sports journalists are on there because that's what we do. Is we join the new media platform and think it's cool but it's not it's terrible and <laughs> i haven't joined like, i won't do it yet i mean f- like well, you, do you
1: have an instagram you have to have an instagram to join I and that's th- the other thing you have
2: if you delete your threads account it deletes your instagram account and mark zuckerberg oh. what people don't realize elon is bad mark zuckerberg is just as bad oh, if yeah. not worse he's trying to own all of the yeah the media outlets, which is not what... Like, that's not what we want. We don't want somebody just... control. The athletic it. is proving
1: I mean, that that's not what you want. Yes. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's just... It's all stupid, but we need Twitter, and I agree with that. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to... As soon as oh, they God, let me God. buy it, I'm going <laughs> to buy it. I'm going to buy it. We're player.
4: such suckers. I, I know that I am. Uh, the other thing... I'm
1: spending all my extra money on arcade games.
4: The other thing that I wanted to bring up, sad news from uh, a campus corner neighbor. It's official. The service station is closing.
1: Uh, I know. I knew
2: we, that. We
4: we talked about it with a visitor that came by last week. Yeah. Uh, we ate there just a month ago, know, didn't we? I know. And it wasn't yeah.
2: good. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs>
4: well, I mean, we, we can probably understand why they're closing. <laughs> yeah. But it is sad news. It's, a, uh, it's I think it's more truly like, like a staple of Campus Corner. I feel like.
1: Yeah, I, I think the owner though he's just he's like it's time. I it's it's time I'm going to retire. I'm going to give it up. I, I problem is nobody's. Hopefully somebody buys it and does. Like the, have you noticed over on Webster like they're redoing that building on Main Street? I'm really curious what that is. It's like a big that's on the corner of Webster and Main. Like Webster turns into Asp, which is us. Right.
4: I don't think I have. They're doing
1: this huge project over there. Somebody's building something cool. I want to I mean, it we've is. talked
4: about it before, but the influx of uh, cash that is being spent right now uh, just on in Norman, it's in the general. townhomes. I mean, the townhomes is unbelievable. The
1: thing on Boyd—that's those apartments that yeah. like sandwich. It looks like the up house in between those two. Now, and it was like the big. It was like a brand new big. Like they bulldozed the house and they built a a double, you know, a double story house, yeah. a two story house. Now it's sandwiched in between these two <laughs> apartments where the, it takes every square foot of the, the lot that they're sitting on, and it's just two giant rectangles that are. I don't even think I drove over there in a second. Apartments. But yeah, I mean, it, the thing I like about the stuff they're doing over by the railroad tracks is that stuff looks cool. Like it looks, it's updated, it's modern. Like it's not garish. Like it's, I, it looks good.
4: There's preparations being made for what's to come in 2024. I think it's pretty obvious around town. Need a sky bridge. I was going to say something else too, <laughs> but I decided not to.
1: I think that's a good thing. Uh, judging by all the things that are flying around right now. Uh, okay, that's going to do it. We'll be back. Uh, it is uh SEC Media Days. We're moving on, folks. We're emotionally moving on to the SEC next week even though there's still one year left to play in this Big 12 conference. So, sorry Brett. Uh, we're uh, we're 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 not backing you
2: anymore. We're going to do uh, some maybe a pod out in Nashville definitely with me yeah.
1: being out there uh, and Eddie, you know, has so many things he focuses on and you do I can just be out there to kind of help run. I'll say this much better chance of a two pod week next week. Yeah. From out there.
4: It'll be interesting. I I really, truly don't know what to expect. I've
2: been to a lot of media days before, obviously only big 12, but I think it's a lot bigger. The way they spread them out. I was looking at the schedule. I think the media is going to be twice the size in terms of attendance
3: yeah i didn't think, I think about that i think it's gonna yeah. be massive great
1: <laughs> yeah it'll just be fun to just see it just to yeah. just so Yo, we'll yeah. know what next year is
2: gonna be
4: well like. I, I there is also like this it's you have total stress freedom right yeah there's so much stress when, when like you goes out because you don't want to necessarily miss anything yeah. but with this it's kind of like we're almost freelancing a little bit that we'll be able to kind of just do whatever yeah
2: and I, I just i think it's gonna be packed. It's exciting I mean, to see shane i mean i think we got the last couple hotel rooms and that's a big hotel that we're staying yeah. in mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be full so yeah.
1: I, I I'm i considering making some back channel calls to see if Josh Heupel hates me or not
2: well he doesn't know me so I'll ask him <laughs> I could ask him well, yeah <laughs>
1: I'll
2: throw him throw him some fastballs
1: yeah, it did not end well. That uh, that was the bowl game that I didn't even make Eddie oh. go to. That I, Yep,
4: that was an awkward scene. That was the beginning of the end of the beginning,
1: kind of. I mean, I think it was Hoover that wrote the Stoop should yep. resign yeah, article after that game. So, <laughs> Me asking Josh Heupel if he was going to be back next year, what the worst thing that happened that? Nope. The, that was just game. an
2: awkward scene. The craziest part is it
4: was
1: nine years ago.
4: Were you in high school? 2014?
2: Yes. I, yeah, because I remember watching it with my dad, um, who was very angry. At Josh Did he watch Apple. the whole thing or turn it off? Yeah, oh, why, why would you come keep on. watching My dad.
1: <laughs> I my, only watched it because I was there. My if I dad, was at home, I would have like, screw the, this. this. This
2: is the same season. Uh, my dad's going to hate that I'm telling the story. That we're at the uh, Baylor game when they got killed at home. Oh, mm-hmm. got booed. Trevor got and Trevor I got And Julian Wilson got in a bit. fight with Mike Stoops on the sidelines. Yeah, I remember... I remember saying to my dad in the fourth quarter, let's get out of here. Like, the, what are we What are we doing? He's like, he's like we stayed at the end. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's the stay guy the
4: that – I, I think he my dad did. said that when uh, A&M came and beat OU in like 98 what? or 97. And uh, it ended up – I think the final score, it was like – it was snowing that day. I know that. And it was – I, I want to say the final score
2: was like 55-13, something like that. Just got their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear, like, what's Josh... I, I wonder if Josh Heupel has a an opinion on... I'm sure he does. I don't know if he'll voice it. Unlike Brent Venables. I mean, obviously, he knows mm-hmm. Brent. Um, yeah, I don't think he has anything against Brent. I know, but I, I just wonder what he'll be like. Just me. His, his demeanor is going to be very interesting. Cause there's, and it's not just us. It sounds like there's a, a good group of Oklahoma media contingent going down Which
1: there. is really weird, because I saw Heupel on Bustin' with the Boys, uh, and he could not have had more personality yeah. in that I, thing. I think that, like...
4: I would hope by now, even as mad as he was about how everything went down and how hurt he was, it's been really good for him. I think it's it's almost kind of like Brent in a way. He needed to leave. He needed to get out of here he to, to reinvent himself. Yeah, to look it was like truly one of those look in the mirror moments that kind of turned everything around for his career. And it's obviously worked out extremely well for him. He's uh turned Tennessee around into Something that is a little bit of a respectable program. What a what a uh what a pass they got today too by the NCAA infractions <laughs> committee. I have not been able to get through
1: that, but like over a hundred violations. Over a
4: hundred violations, no postseason ban and um, Jeremy Pruitt got a six year show cause, which is like the longest show cause in the history of show cause.
1: Well they're not Oklahoma State basketball, so they got away from
4: it. Uh, Oklahoma State basketball. Uh, They'll they, be the last
1: it, team to ever get banned. Probably for It's anything. truly you unbelievable. So. It's still unbelievable.
3: Yes, yeah, still makes no sense.
4: Well, there's your uh your OU podcast. We opened with Oklahoma State and we're closing with <laughs> Oklahoma
1: State. All right, that's gonna do it. We'll be back again next week from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh you know we should get Jared on the podcast next week. Yeah, that'd be fun. We do that. We go out to his do house that. and do podcasts with him. I like cool. that idea. All right, uh maybe it'll happen. We'll see. Uh thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial forty podcast right here from Sunersgroup.com.